welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Butler with me right here. Hi, Carla. Hi, Jenny. Um, Carla and I have done some bits and pieces together and um, I just love Carla's story. Um, so we're going to hear more about what you've been up to, where you've come from, the journey that you've been through, what's changed for you. And I just know loads of you are going to find this really inspiring because what Carla has managed to do is really work out what she wants and do something about it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big changes, <laughs> big changes. So, and also, you know, you're totally relatable because you are not a professional rider. This is your hobby, it's your enjoyment, and you've realised quite a few bits and pieces over the last kind of year or so, haven't you? That have yeah. really brought you to where you are today. So, tell us, Carla, a little bit about you. And I know you're still called Carla Butler Dressage, but we'll get on to how that's all a little bit different going forwards now. So, tell us a bit about you, Carla. Um, so I um, have always ridden for, for fun um, and then about seven or eight years ago um, purchased a horse, um, Seb, which um, anyone who's followed me for a while will know, um, and just got the dressage club. So we went from prelim to medium and was schooling advanced medium when unfortunately he had um, injuries and other issues going on and sadly couldn't be retired and was put to sleep. Um, and I had that bug and I wanted to keep the journey going. So after a few months of looking, I purchased Hugo, who was um, schooling, PSG, competing, medium, advanced, medium. And I had hoped to continue my journey in dressage. Um, we had a really fab, I'd say, first three, four months. We were hacking, schooling, training, competing. And just slowly, the wheels started to fall off. Um, he started bolting, rearing at our first competition. I fell off before we went down the centre line. <laughs> um, thankfully, the bell hadn't gone and the judge allowed me to get back on, which I did. Um, and running high on adrenaline scored a really good um, score and actually won our class but but it, it kind of from there onwards was just oh I think he's looking at this oh I don't like that and slowly but surely my confidence disappeared and I'd always been quite a, a confident rider Seb um, had the nastiest of spooks in him and he was a jazz horse so he was sharp so I was used to something giving me a little bit of a, a, a fun ride shall we say but but Hugo was to a different level um, and he actually never did it with anyone else on board. So it became, okay, it's me. But um, we, we had vet checks and varying things. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with kissing the spines. He had five processes uh, touching. And that was the root of, of the bolting, the rearing and the, the, the nasty behaviour that he was displaying. Um, so he had... Uh, spinal surgery at my vets in Warnham and we started then a huge 12-week rehab program which started literally the day he came home um, he walked for I think it was about 10 minutes twice a day and I will honestly tell you I was terrified of him I was convinced he was going to beggar off that he was never going to stay with me I had my hat on, I had a lunch line on, I had his bridle on, and I had all the doors to the indoor school shut, and I was just praying to God we made it round. And I'd often stand a 20 metre circle in the middle of the school because that felt the safest place to be. <laughs> um, logic, I, cracking. Um, so from there we progressed, and each week there was something new to add. He had to be lunch, then it was building in trot. He was obviously not allowed a roller or any side reins on because of the surgery. So we were basically asking a horse to just nicely trot round, having been inside and, and still on box rest. Um, and my trainer literally asked him to trot and I think all hell broke loose. Um, <laughs> he literally was like, whoa, I feel better. Um, and eventually, slowly but surely, we got that. And I remember the first day I took over the lunging, I stood in the middle with my trainer next to me saying, I can't do this. I really can't do this. And I couldn't put into words why I couldn't do it. 
I could barely speak. My mouth had dried up. My hands were shaking. And I'm sort of, please just go round in a nice circle. Please let me survive. Um, but slowly but surely, that got better. And on the ground, I became more confident. But then it came to getting on after, I think, nearly 16 weeks I got back on. Um, and that's when I made contact with yourself. Um, and it just, it was hard. Everything, every slight movement, everything he did, I was convinced would lead to bolting, rearing, something disastrous. I listened to noises that I'd never listened to before. Um, I think the, the wind, I think we went through a load of um, awful weather and storms. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not riding in this and I don't like that. I've ridden in all weathers, but suddenly everything was a problem. Um, so that led me to having my coaching sessions and we've worked through lots of those bits and pieces. Um, and actually it did get better. But what I came to realise was that having Hugo and that journey and knowing of what he was capable of competing wise, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be back out competing. You know, you get the questions. So what's your first competition going to be? Are you going to do this? What are you going to do? And all of a sudden it started creaking back in. The nerves got there. Do I want to compete? What do I want to do? Um, so we carried on training throughout the remainder of the year and then sort of November, December time last year, his behaviour took a bit of a, a nosedive again. He wasn't entirely happy in his stable. His ridden work started getting a bit more spooky and a bit more just not quite himself. Um, so fat back out, nothing wrong with his back this time, but there'd always been a fear that there was something else potentially that could come up as a result of his kissing spines and unfortunately his suspensories were were not great um so unfortunately for him and I think it was the kindest thing he was put to sleep in January um and at the time it was heartbreaking and I just didn't know what I wanted to do but I'd always loved dressage so I sort of carried on with that journey um, and purchased another horse who's ex-show jumper and I and I loved riding him and I love I love the bones of him but actually it wasn't for me I realized with a big competition horse comes six days a week riding training competing not being at home with my family and just that constant pressure of aiming for something, whether that's regionals, whether that's building points, whatever it is, there's always something to go for. Um, and then lockdown happened um, and I didn't ride as much. And then because of the yard environment, I didn't ride. But then I also rode my mum's cob, who is based on a yard sort of DIY. So there wasn't many people, so it felt safe to go there during lockdown. And I realised I missed the hacking the no pressure, just, just doing nothing, just, well, I guess doing something, but felt like nothing to me. There was no pressure. I could do whatever I wanted. So I made a decision that I think shocked my husband and, and most of my friends, which was that DiCaprio um, was fab, but I, he, he's up for sale. And um, I purchased Dory about four weeks ago. Um, She's never done a dressage test in her life, I don't think. And actually, that doesn't bother me. I am loving um, just hacking the occasional schooling session. And, and it means now I've got Dory and Billy in the same place. So we can take, I can take either horse to clinics or if I want to compete, I can. But the aim now is fun. No more pressure. No more... Um, training 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 if I want to be at home at the weekend with my husband then I can be it's not going to matter if either of them aren't ridden for a week I can still get back on and expect them to be sane and sensible and not, not like dread it or if I do go away I'm not paying for somebody to ride my horse um which you need to do with those competition horses so it's kind of given me a whole new perspective on life and yeah, new direction. So Carla Butler, dressage, maybe not so much dressage going forwards. Wow. Okay. So that was a whistle stop of, yeah. uh, um, of an incredible year, longer than a year really, isn't it? Um, so 
and I think probably a lot of people can relate to that journey. They'll be at different points on that, um, especially the pro-ams. So the people who are professional in a non-horsey sense and amateur riders who want to do really well and are, are out competing against the professionals, but it's not their job. And so and you were at that point weren't you you know you were driving up the levels you were competing against these guys okay maybe not at the upper echelons but you were out there against them and their younger ones or their newbies what have you tell us then about so we're going to go through this journey in stages I think we're going to break each bit down for people so that they can kind of find out where they're at and things and learn from you when you were at that point when it was all about competing training or training competing qualification regional national whatever go 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 pet plans all these different things. so train compete qualify next thing championship next tell us what that was about for you at that time when you had hugo i guess i guess for me it probably take it back a step further when i had seb um i went out with no expectations and then did really well, always came home top three placings. And it was actually, it was a buzz, it felt good. So then you push yourself, you train a bit harder, then, you, then your aims change. So starting out at prelim with, with Seb and then that went really well. So then I thought, you know, I'll give Novice a go and then that went quite well. And so it carried on. And the buzz of competing and training and everything that came with it, what to aim for. And it became sort of just this, you know, big to-do list of things I'll get here I'll do this and I and I loved it at the time I, I was no doubt about it I absolutely loved it I'm really organized and like out the door do this do that back in the door cook dinner try and be a wife do everything else you're supposed to um and it, and it was it was an absolute thrill that's the only thing I can say and and that continued with Hugo the aim was to qualify for for the regionals and get there and then suddenly when you're rehabbing a horse those aims are not there and you've got all this time I found on my hands yes rehab took absolutely everything out of me planning to the end what we were going to do every day but yeah no no real buzz came then so I guess slowly then or maybe I didn't realize it I was re-evaluating then what I wanted to do going forwards so I'm not yeah change slightly there I think okay so so this buzz that you were getting from the competition bit with Seb um, there's a lot of people out there right now getting that buzz and that's great because you know you're motivated to do it you want to do it you put your time money energy you put everything into it don't you when you're when you're competing and going up through the levels and things you can't just pick them up and put them down or do any of that you've got to be on it haven't you if you want to do well if you if, if yeah you know, if that's not so what what were the kind of goals that you had at that point what were the type of things that you really focused on and putting your energy into so when, when it was with Seb like I really wanted to get to the regionals I'd, I'd watched Sarah trained with Sarah Jane Lanning I'd watched her at numerous re, um regionals at Merris Wood or anywhere else and I was like one day I'm going to do that it never felt possible in a million years and then suddenly I had a horse that was capable we qualified for the regionals uh, elementary at Hickstead and and that was the dream I'd done it I got there and it was a disaster and Seb hated every flower border you name it and, and, and yeah I think we came second to last but you know what it didn't matter and I really wasn't fussed the, my aim of that day was to go I'd always wanted to do it wanted a nice picture and if I got a placing geez I'd have been over the moon but it didn't happen so and from there onwards it's like I want to do that again I want to get qualified for the winters and then I want to do this and that and the other um, and Hugo after Seb gave me that that glimpse that it was it was possible so yeah it's it's just a buzz isn't it competing for me or it was at that time okay so at that point then the focus was very much on qualification results I mean okay although you said the result didn't matter at the regionals the goal for the regionals element was regionals wasn't it it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the placing there um but to get to that point it was very much about percentages points qualification things like that and so you had to be really kind of prepped and planned to do everything you could within your control to get that stuff and then when it didn't happen when things were outside of your control what was different for you it was suddenly why was i doing it um 
yes, there's only so much you can control with horses, isn't there? You know, you've got to hope that they go in and perform the best of their day, which, of course, inevitably, it seems for me that it just doesn't happen. They go better at home. I'm no Charlotte. Um, But I think slowly when you realise that it doesn't quite work out, there was this part of me, is it really worth it? I do differently. And actually, did I want to do things differently? Um, and, and where my confidence was at that time with my riding, I didn't need it. I didn't need to be out doing crazy things. But, well, they felt crazy at that time, like tr- going to venues that I didn't know would my horse behave suddenly. No, thank you. Slowly, it sort of stepped back from it. Okay, and so some people might say, oh, that was just a, a knock in confidence. Like, you know, you could have gotten over that, could have got more confident with it, you could have gone back. What was it? Because we were working together at this point, wasn't it? So yeah. what was it that meant that that wasn't the case actually for you? It wasn't just about confidence. It was about something deeper than that. That's a good question. Um, I guess for me, I'm sort of getting, <laughs> getting older. No, um, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm in my late thirties now. There was suddenly I've got nephew who's little. I've got family, and actually, like I work full time. Well, I say full time. I work four days a week. Fridays have always been a non-working day because that's training, competing. That's going out. I leave the door at like eight o'clock in the morning or before, and I walk back at God knows what time of an evening. Um, and then Saturday, Sundays, competing and everything else. And suddenly, did I want to be out? three days on my days off where people said shall we do this shall we do that and I was like no no sorry I can't I'm training I'm competing I'm doing this suddenly realized there was perhaps a little bit more to life than than horses um and I'd never really thought about that before but I think all the rehab that I'd been going through also meant I wasn't out on all of those days so I'd started to have a social life um which I know not many of us horsey girls do um but it just felt like actually I could do different things and and what I'd considered a priority or a goal maybe wasn't as much needed going forwards and you know that's really common actually that if we look at each decade of a person growing up and what we talk about values which are like what's really important to you what ones you are putting or you're not you're not putting them they just become this way with mindset and circumstances and things like that um which ones are higher up the hierarchy because you you have values but you have a hierarchy of them it's really common that in your 20s it's all about sort of um learning career things like that 30s it's much more about kind of career development and and that kind of side heading late 30s into 40s it it starts to tend to change into family whether or not you've having children or anything like that but this idea of actually it's about family then in your 50s it tends to be more about self-development which I think is one way around quite frankly and then in your 60s it's much more about enjoying life again because you sort of start to realize where you're at and the potential of you know mortality starts to become not the you know a lot of people live way longer than that obviously but, so it's really interesting that this is a prime example here of what's happened there so it was very kind of career driven goal oriented you know achievement driven let's qualify for things that so, you know you have to work alongside it to make the money to be able to pay for this incredibly expensive hobby especially you know what you were doing and the training you were doing and the kit you needed and the stuff you needed and the upkeep of the horse and all this da, 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 da. It really adds up doesn't it and then yeah. as your values that they sort of change but they more sort of shift in in um importance and then you like you say you realize actually do you know what I'd kind of like to spend a bit more time with my family now like I've done that bit so this is really common and and this is the shift that you you've seen happen isn't it yeah yeah cool it's just, I get, it's just nice having that still do horses because still still if I want to go out competing I can but it'll just be a prelim or like a walk and trot test with Billy or something it's not going to be anything amazing and it's going to be unaffiliated it's not going to be affiliated going forward so just just removing that level of pressure and putting the fun back into life that'd be nice wouldn't it putting the fun back into life I think there's yeah. people that probably listen to this thinking I don't have enough fun in my life you know I'm striving for things and so what was it that took you because we you had to have Hugo put to sleep it was a very hard decision but you know obviously entirely the right thing at that point in time for everyone then you went and got I love 
DiCaprio, best name ever. Now, we'd spent time talking about what kind of a horse you wanted, you know, making sure you're going out to get the right thing, and you were really super pleased with him. So what was it that made you start to realise that actually this really lovely competition horse was still not what you really wanted? I think there's a couple of things for me. Firstly, having a competition horse means for me, with the job that I do, means that they're on full livery. And having a new horse on full livery is actually really hard to build a bond with them um, because all their needs are cared for. So you turn up after work and you you groom, you tack up and you ride. And, and he's a lovely horse, but actually I didn't know him and he didn't know me. His, his carers were those at the, at the yard. Um, they were the ones that gave him his grub ultimately um, and, and that's where his love was as I think most horses are so it sort of became really hard to, to build a bond and as much as I loved riding him there was always that niggle whether it's on social media with friends or others of what are you going to do what are you aiming for are you going out elementary you're going to do this you're going to do that and I suddenly thought do I want to do this I don't I don't know this horse. He's a lovely, lovely horse and I adore the bones of him. But is that enough? Um, and I was, I was struggling with my thoughts at that time about whether it was the right thing to do or not. Um, and actually, I really missed just getting on and going out for a hack and just, just chilling out as opposed to being in the school. Um, and then lockdown happened and that that first period of time where it wasn't essential to do anything I didn't ride I was at home um, and although I checked in on him daily and I had updates and videos and stuff I didn't miss it as much as I thought I should um, and that sort of answered I guess my questions you could argue it was a really new partnership and actually maybe I should have given it more time but to me, I didn't miss him. And, and that was that turning point of, if I'm not missing this as much as I think I should, why am I doing it? And that, that was the turning point for me to say, it's not right anymore for me. And it's time to change something. And at that time, I didn't know what it was that I wanted to change. There was part of me and I said it to my husband, just sell it all. I don't want to ride another horse. Let's just give it up. Um, and his face was priceless because horses have been in my life forever. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, yeah, just get rid of it all. I've had enough. Let's sell the lorry. Let's sell everything. Um, and he said, I think it's a very rash decision. <laughs> Why you didn't jump at the chance? I'm still not sure. That's um, great. Most husbands would go, yeah, great. How quickly? Yes, all the it's on I've done it all for you. Yeah. But he knew, didn't he? He knew. Yeah, and he just said, just just leave it. Let's leave it a little while and see how you feel. Um, and it took probably a good couple of months, just like occasionally riding Billy and doing bits. And I said, maybe, maybe what I need is something to live with Billy. Something that lives out, something that's relatively low maintenance. Still got a brain and I still want something that looks smart. You'll never take that element out of me, I don't think. But, but something that I can just get on, have fun, doesn't matter if I don't ride every day of the week or have a week off riding, but let's just try and put an element of fun back in because actually when I look back at what made me enjoy my riding with Seb, he hacked, he jumped, he did dressage and he was a fun horse to be around. And that has slowly disappeared over the years and that's, that's what I wanted to get back. Cool. So it was about getting the fun back then. And, and isn't it interesting how I think lockdowns made a lot of people reassess a lot of things. And, and because stuff was taken away from us a lot of the time, um, you, ha you had to go without it. You couldn't do it any other way. And it makes you reassess things, doesn't it? And they do say absence makes the heart grow fonder. But it's interesting. Absence also makes you reflect and, you know, realise about things as well. So... Um, so you realise that actually it wasn't about competing, it was about having fun, getting the fun back into it. Your husband luckily persuaded you that maybe just selling it all now probably was a little bit rash. He's a good one, keeper. Um, so, but because he must have realised that there's something actually about having horses that having horses brings you. Yeah. What did he know that at that point 
that he was I, 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 I don't know. He doesn't like horses. Um, he, he looks after my lorry because he's a mechanic. That's about the only thing he does do. He, he only ever turned up at a show if it was like a serious one. So he appeared at the regionals, but I think maybe for the burger tent as opposed to watching. Yeah. Mine does that. He knows all the venues by the food. Yes. Yeah, we, we have that. But but he doesn't turn up. He's He's very supportive from a distance and he would support me in whatever I chose to do but not horsey at all. But I think we've been together since I, we were in our teens um, and horses have always been in my life. So I think there was an element of him saying, I think you're just feeling this way right now. Let's just leave it. And, and thank God <laughs> he encouraged me to just, just not do anything rash. So yeah, I, I don't know quite what he saw or what he felt, but it certainly he said, just give it some time, think it through before you, you make a rash decision. And thank God he did say that. And that's why it's always good to have a sounding board, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And one of the things that I'm intrigued by is how, and I know a lot of people would want to know this as well. How is it then that you have transitioned from the dressage that you were doing, competing so kind of like um, with that real kind of mindset of, compete like seriously I suppose is the word really for it um you will have had to have overcome people's opinions thoughts you know the things they will have said to you um you know overcoming what will people think of me because this is almost a change of identity really isn't it this has gone from Carla Butler dressage quite literally to Carla Butler having fun which isn't an identity thing so much so much anymore is it so tell us a little bit this because I think there are a lot of people out there that are stuck (coughs) on the treadmill of compete train compete train compete train qualify you know that kind of thing that would love to get off it but don't feel they can because of other people it's interesting because I think I kind of that that lockdown period allowed me that time to just pull away from stuff and really think it through and then when I made my decision I said to a few friends this isn't going to go down well there's going to be comments online and they said why why do you care and I said why do I care I don't know it hurts people people perceive you to be one way and when you change something it's not always they see a good thing but I think over the, the six or more months we've been having our conversations there was part of me that suddenly thought John I don't care this is me I've got my confidence back. I might not be the most confident rider that I was before, but it's getting there and it will come back. Ultimately, I've got to do what makes me happy. And I think we're all in a similar situation of working at home and our normal routines just don't exist. And I couldn't continue with this trying to do stuff when my heart wasn't in it. As you say, they're expensive creatures, the training and everything that goes with it. And if you're not enjoying it, why not just get off? So that's that's kind of what I did. I got got off the got off the dreadful cycle that I got myself on. Um, I spoke with quite a few friends about what did I really want, what kind of horse did I want, and there's always that moment you look through the the, the ads and you're like, oh, that's nice, and all oh, that's nice, but it's because they were quality, but they were then going to need a you know a nice yard to keep them at, and did I really want to be going down that route? So it was. it's been tough and there's been a few comments and and whatever online but do you know what I don't care sorry that's amazing and so what is it that means that you don't care what is it that you mean you've gone I I'm doing this for me because you know I'm a a massive advocate and I always say to people people are going to like you whether you're doing something that they like and they're going to like you if you're doing something sorry people are going to let's get this right People aren't going to like you if you're doing well and they aren't going to like you if you're not. Like, unfortunately, people aren't going to like you. So just do what you want to do and at least enjoy what you want to do because you're going to get people that don't like you anyway. Like, that's life, right? You Like, the variety is the spice of life, which means that there are not everyone's going to be your people. Now, um, but that doesn't click a lot of the time. People are still like, oh, yeah, but I'm worried about what other people think or what they're going to say or repercussions or sponsors or I'm an ambassador or I'll let people down or I'm worried I'll get bullied or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I know, obviously, you didn't get any of that stuff, obviously, but there was the potential of it, wasn't it? You know, the potential was there. How is it that you actually got, you know, the brave pants on and went, I'm doing this for me? What drove that? 
I honestly couldn't tell you. I remember the day I put a post on my social media and said it it was the end of, of the journey with DiCaprio. And I know it was only like weeks or months into my, you know, being with him. And I remember posting that thinking this is going to go so wrong, so wrong. So many people are going to have comments of you've given up, what, what's wrong with you? And do you know what? I was inundated with messages and comments of people saying, oh, my God, I feel the same. Oh my god, I can't I can't believe you said it out loud. It's no oh, shame. I've been feeling I love like this that. for ages. I love that. I, I just thought, hang on a second, I'm the one that's been doing this and keeping going because I thought that's how everyone else meant you're supposed to do life. Um and actually the post was huge, the comments were huge, and people felt like I did, and suddenly life felt better. And it, and it was just that one turning point, that one post where I thought. Do you know what? If there's so many people that feel like this, it's got to stop. And I'm stopping my journey of feeling like that. Um, that's amazing. I love that. And that's why I wanted you to come on, because <laughs> it's exactly that. It's sometimes it's that that thing you put out there that you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm ready for the flack. I'm waiting for this. But you have no idea that actually there are always people feeling the same. Always. And when they go, oh, that's how I feel. I'm normal too. Like, it's not just me. I don't know how many people come to me and think it's just them. It's like, look, if it was just you, I wouldn't have a six-figure business, would I? If it was just you, it wouldn't be happening, would it? So, you know, and so that's amazing that you put it out there and people went, I feel like that too. And that's why I wanted you to come on because it's really inspirational for people to go, I feel like that. Look what she's managed to do. I want to do that too. How do I do it? So what advice would you give to the people that have said that? They've said, that's how I feel. I want to go, hello, stop the world, please. I'd like to get off this treadmill. I'd like to get off the train, compete, train, compete, train. You know, fine if you're enjoying it. It's, it's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're getting that sense of it's not right for me or it's not really coming together or you kind of knackered or you just kind of think, hang on a minute, I'm putting everything in and not getting what I want out and stuff like that, what would you say? I think for me it's follow your heart and there's a couple of people that have kept in contact with me and they've, they've messaged me privately and sort of we spoke about it and they're just like do you know what? I think I've got the wrong horse I think I'm doing this and I was like change something if you are not happy change something even if it's something tiny change it if you've got the wrong horse yeah I know it's a hard thing but change it if something isn't right in life please change it because I have changed things and that's what's made me happier, more confident. And, and I feel like this huge weight has gone from my shoulders. The pressure that I had unknowingly put myself under is gone. There is no pressure. I'm not aiming for anything at all. There are no competitions in the horizons at all. There's a couple of training sessions, but they're going to be as and when I want to do them now, not religiously every week. So yeah, just just if, if something's not right, have a look, think about it and change something, even if it's tiny, but start that journey of change. I love that. Even if it's tiny, start the journey of change. That's lovely. That's going to be a little quote that we get here. Change something. Yeah, because it is the sum of the little things that make up the big, isn't it? So change yeah. one thing. And then when you've done that and you've gone, oh, yeah that felt good you'll want to do a bit more and then a bit more and you know and it's so often that people come to me and we realize that actually they're in the wrong partnership with their horse for whatever reason it is they're in the wrong partnership and for some people people are actually happier to change boyfriends than they are horses uh you know <laughs> I don't know why but there we go and I think there's a perception that people people think you're, you're you've done something wrong or you worry about what people are going to say if you change your horse or you or you sell a horse or you make a decision I think like as you say changing a boyfriend's a lot a lot easier somehow you just out with the old and in with the new but but it, it kind of not saying that horses are like that but if something's not right you know you spend a lot of time with them if it's not right change it like don't stick with it for the sake of it and what about the trainers? So obviously, because you now aren't competing and training as much as you were, you could have had flack from the people around you that actually are 
supporting you they are supporting you they are that's fine but suddenly you're not coming to them anymore or you're not doing what they need you to do anymore because this is the main thing about people like you say you had a few negative comments and things it's because when you change something especially if it's something big other people have got to stop and look and realize in themselves that that's possible and that might rattle them they may not like that because they don't want to see that going on so what would you say about, you know, having to let people down or not train with someone or not do something or change something or move yards or anything? Because like, we're all so worried about letting people down or, you know, causing them an issue and things like that. They're actually we're deeply unhappy in ourselves because we're trying to make everyone else OK. What would you say about that? Because you've had to do all of that as well. I think it's just about being honest with people. So I've spoken to people and said, you know, it, it's not working for me. I think I just need some time what, what originally because obviously I didn't DiCaprio sales livery and everything else I didn't have a horse so it was just about I'm taking some time out I don't know what I want but I do know that I'm loving this element of my riding which at the time was the hacking and the lack of pressure so actually I'm really sorry but that's the route I'm going to explore and I've just been really honest with people about how I feel and the way it is and I know although I used to train regularly with Sarah Jane Lanning I know that I could a session with her and go and take the new horse who's never done anything but I also know that Sarah Jane will be lovely in helping me bringing her on and if I chose that as a route to go down she'd be there and that's nice to know that they're there if I if I need them um but yeah no nobody that I've regularly trained with or or liveries I've been has, has yeah there's nothing negative there I think they're all really supportive about my new direction because I've been honest about it yeah, and um, you know what more can they do if you've been honest about it? And you said it's just not for me anymore. They can't argue with that, can they? They could try no. and persuade you. They could try and persuade you, but you were so clear on what you wanted. That what would have been the point? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Right. I've got a comment here. Actually, I'll just read it out for a minute from Nikki. It's quite funny, actually. My husband knows I'm nicer after I've ridden. Um, I gave them up for 12 months, 22 years ago, when family became super important because I'd had our son. 12 months later, he bought me a youngster for my birthday because I was suffering with postnatal depression. I was losing my identity. Yeah, because, you know, horses are tied into our identity, aren't they? They're tied yeah. into who we are. And But that doesn't mean you can't change elements of that. And if you don't want horses anymore, it's OK. That's fine to do it. It's just you've got to realise that there's going to be quite a journey here involved with that, isn't there? And um, she said, I think I'm a decade ahead um I did career and family in my oh yes so she says I, I did the career and family in my 20s and 30s I'm mixed together now I'm super driven in my 40s my children have their own lives yeah so obviously she had them a bit earlier and what have you well not a bit earlier but kind of like normal age really I think <laughs> <laughs> but you know those of us that haven't um yeah. but yeah I mean it, like with anything there's no one rule is there to when you're going to experience things or when you're going to do stuff but so your identity was Carla about the dressage What's your new identity that's forming now? Especially if we talk about personal brands and things like that. I, I have no idea. So 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 all my social media is kind of about the dressage. And I'm kind of thinking the dressage bit's a little bit misleading now because there's probably not a lot going on. Um, and I honestly have no idea where where the the, the branding of that goes going forwards, whether it would just become Carla Butler. I, I genuinely don't know, but it's something that I'm kind of working on and thinking about whether I change it. Hopefully there'll be a bit of jumping and different stuff in, in the future. So I don't know. We'll watch this space. That's exciting. I can help you out with that a little bit if you want to. Um, but I think, you know, it's inspiring others. So if you were to, what I hear from you is that it's about inspiring others to do what's right for them like without any doubt because that's the journey that you've been down now isn't it it's not about having to do one thing it's about doing what's right for you and so if someone came along to you and said they did in fact didn't they I feel the same way I can't quite work out what's going on I'm too scared to actually change horses or whatever but ultimately I kind of know deep down in my gut that this isn't right what what can they what can they do so you said change one thing you said be honest like, how do they then actually go about and do something about it and, and realising that there's going to be this big change ahead? Question. I think for me, I was lucky to have supportive people around me. So for me, I said, look, I think I need to change something. And it was the horse. Um, and I've had people around me to help me to change that, to, to move forward. Um, 
and I think I follow a couple of other dressage riders on on social media and one of them I think last year actually said you know what this horse is just too much for me and I really respect them they ride at a much much higher level than me and they were just like no no more so the horse was sold and they've got another horse yes they're starting again at a lower level but you know what the fun's back and again they do dressage they hack they jump they do a bit of everything and they change that fundamental thing and put the fun back into it. So I think you know, it's just having that, that confidence, that belief, you are making the right change and you have to kind of block out the negative comments and, and feedback that you get from others because, do you know what, they're not running your journey. It's you, you know how you feel and ultimately it's got to be about you. Love that. That's so true. They aren't running your journey, and in actual fact, if you decide to take a part, different path, you're probably leaving behind anyway. And and that's if they want to keep up, they want to stay with you, then they're going to have to change something to do that, aren't they? And yeah. often it's because they're not prepared to make that change that they aren't doing it, and that's their choice. You can't, you cannot run other people's lives for them. They've got to do it for themselves. Absolutely. And that's why I will only work with people that are committed to making a change because I, I always say my well, magic wand's broken I'm really sorry you're gonna have to do this for yourself and I there I know for a fact that when you contacted me you never ever thought that you'd be where you are now no I was getting back riding I was gonna be back at the regionals <laughs> um yeah nine months later look what you've done to me I know it's awful isn't it I've created someone who's happy yeah um, enjoying stuff comfortable in their own skin inspiring other people I mean god you know and I'm back riding in the wind and the rain and how many conversations did we have about I can't ride in the wind I can't even go to sleep when it's howling around the house let alone riding in it and and that feeling is gone it's just and I, I don't know over time I don't know how it's happened but it's just things have changed and yeah life's a better place now cool okay so what's next what's the next chapter in the journey just enjoying my horse so dory and i i think we're going to have some arena outings and just some some low level lessons couple of pole clinics over at power with uh, tanya grantham if anyone's local to us and um, love those lessons um and just having fun there are no competitions in the diary there is nothing to aim for i just want to have fun and just just get back to like loving my time with the horses as opposed to finding everything a pressure and a, and a chore okay yeah. so that sounds amazing so it's just about having fun with your horses so how has this affected other things in your life because it won't have just been that what else has changed as a result of making those choices I guess well firstly I'm at home more so I think my house has ever looked so clean <laughs> <laughs> um, we have finally, finally done jobs at home that, well, have just been waiting forever. Um, and I guess some of that's lockdown, you know, we are at home and doing more. But there's a, for me, I've definitely got a better work-life balance. I'm now able to work and not worry about leaving here to get there to do X, Y and Z with the horses. It's all, life's much calmer and it feels a happier place to be. Um husband and I have a day out on the weekend now you know like wow um and we can go and do things which is all stuff that I never had time to do it's just a different appreciation of life now I guess so yeah it's good fun exciting and what have you noticed I mean have you even noticed anything about the changes to your health or your well-being or anything else has there been any knock-on effects to that at all that you've noticed or not really um, I'm definitely, I think a lot of my friends and family have said I'm a happier person now. I, the, like the old Carla, as they call it, is back. Um, I've, I've sort of got to this point where the feedback that I get, it doesn't bother me. Take it or leave it. I'm, I'm not interested in the, the negative feedback. Yes, there's always going to be that one comment that cuts a bit. But the reality is it's, it's my journey. I know what makes me happy, you know. There's always going to be a keyboard warrior, isn't there? But, you know, it is what it is. So, no, all good. Amazing. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, Nikki said, yes, she does that. I think that was in relation to you start coaching with her, you don't know where you're going to end up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, it's it's driven by you, isn't it? I haven't made you do anything at all. In fact, I've been as surprised as other people when I you think, um, think selling my horse. You 
You, it's your fault I've ended up with a grey mare. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're visualize, visualize your new horse. Do not make a list. Visualize the feeling. What are you going to be doing? This, that, and the other. And then I sit on this horse that I think is on my list. So it's it's a bay, it's a gelding, it's this, it's the other. It didn't feel great. And then I sit on on, on poor Dory. Going, I don't know why we're doing this. This is never what I want. And I go on board and it's like, this is exactly what I want. This is what Jenny was talking about. Thanks a bunch. Because everyone's got a mare, a grey. <laughs> yeah, so that's your fault entirely. I'm sorry, but you know, you know I love a grey. So. Yeah. <laughs> so just quickly, actually, let just tell us a little bit about that process that you went through because um I was very surprised when you said I'm selling DiCaprio, and then when we discussed it, it made complete sense. And then, then we went, I said, right, well, let's use this as part of the process. Let's think about what you want. And of course you did the normal thing, you know, I wanted this size, this height, this kind of age, doing these sorts of things, not a gray. I mean, that's, that's what I said as well. So obviously I've got one. Um, but actually I said, no, 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 that's not how you work out how to, how to have a new horse. So just tell us a little bit about that process and what changed and meant that you've actually got the right horse for you now. It was a really interesting conversation we had that morning and I can remember it because I said, well, there needs to be at least 16 hands, if not slightly bigger. I've always had anything up to 17 too. So it's got to be a big horse. Ideally, it's going to be a bay because I'd love another bay or a chestnut. Definitely no greys. I'm not into cleaning. Um, ideally, I'd like a gelding because I haven't actually had many mares. I just prefer a gelding seems to work better for me and and I'd like to be able to hack to jump to do this that and the other and, and we spoke about it and you said well just close your eyes and just imagine the feeling and what you know what's what kind of build is the horse and thinking about it differently and that kind of got me me thinking and then I went and rode a couple of my list of what I wanted and they were nice but that feeling wasn't there from the visualization exercise we'd done and then when I saw Dory's advert, I was like, she looks nice. I like her face. She was only 15 too. She was grey. She was a mare. There was, there was a lot not right about, but she was local and I, and I kind of knew the people. So I said, Let, let's go. Let's go and have a look. And the moment we saw her, there was something about her face. I was drawn in. And the ride was kind of the one we visualised where, where what would I be doing? How would it feel? And that, that ride was there. And it was like, can I really put life about a tick list or is it about a feeling? So we, we, we slept on it. I went back for a second ride and I said, you know what? That's the horse I want. My mum, I think, is still slightly speechless. <laughs> um, my husband doesn't, doesn't seem to care regardless as long as I'm, I'm happy. And he said, well, whatever you want, dear. Um, and and that, that was that. Dory came home sort of five days later. Um, yeah, not at all what I set out for. But sometimes I think that's, that's the nicer thing, isn't it? If you go looking for something, you do truly never find it. She's different than, than anything I've ever owned or ridden, but, but she's got so much spark about her that actually once I've got my confidence truly high with my riding we're going to have so much fun and and that that was what this was about this time around yeah it's about that matchmaking isn't it if you look at anything nowadays on dating sites or not that I spend any time on them I hear this stuff um to do with um how they match you now they don't match you based on you know if you've got things in common or you know how old you are or whether you match the physical attributes that you're after they match now on values they match on mm. psychological elements they match on that kind of like will you click um yeah. because actually you can get hobbies you can do different things you can change stuff and and like you say actually you'll do whatever you fancy doing with her because you can um and a very wise person once said to me um do you know the greatest gift you can give you and your horse is to do what you both enjoy together don't try and make it happen down a route that's not right for both of you and if that means you've got to change something you might need to think about whether that's the right horse for you if they don't want to be doing what you are is that really fair and it's the same isn't it you know we'd be in a relationship saying well I'm going to make them move to Australia and they're absolutely vehement they don't want to because they just well they might do it but they'd be very unhappy and it's very yeah. similar isn't it you know so so even we even do values based horsey matchmaking now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do indeed. <laughs> if you want what you don't, if you, go, if you want to go shopping and end up something completely different, talk to you. <laughs> 
Yeah, but how happy are you? Yes. <laughs> you know, okay, you've got a barter. But you haven't got barter that much anyway, have you? Because it's not like you're going competing and training all the no, time. Exactly. So she could be muddy in a field. She can be covered in yeah. poo. It's fine. And, and I, I just, I love the relationship we have together. You know, um, if anyone follows me on, on Instagram, you'll see that I, I literally just have to stand at the gate and shout. And she literally canters from wherever she is in the field to my feet. I have never had a relationship with a horse like I have with her so quickly. She has only been with me, I think, four and a half weeks. Um, and what we've done in four and a half weeks has just been fab so yeah it was well worth the change that was lovely cool okay so any last pearls of wisdom or anything you want to say to anyone or anything that actually you just want to kind of finish this all off with to people that are listening in and there have been people listening in and you know there will be more because this will obviously be a podcast and things as well and if they want to ask you any questions they can so anything you want to kind of finish with I think it's just as I said earlier, you know, if, so, if, if it's not right, it doesn't feel right, change something, even, even if it's tiny. Start that journey of change, have a chat with yourself, just, just start that journey of trying to change something. You might not end up where you think you're going to at the end, like me, but, but it's been a great journey and I wouldn't change it for the world. So yeah, just, just start that first step of thinking where you want to be amazing thank you and if people do want to get in touch with you or ask you any questions or follow your journey with gorgeous dory your gray mare <laughs> um then how do they do that uh so on facebook carla butler dressage and also on instagram carla butler dressage um there might be a slight name change in the coming months if i can work out what i want to be but yeah follow our journey and uh, do get in touch if anyone's got any questions awesome thank you so so much carla and uh, we look forward to seeing the rest of your journey. No worries. Thank you. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got